Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff! We have a liftoff! Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. We appreciate you being part of the DA show, and you can get this PGP on its normal iTunes feed. You can go to the iTunes for the DA show or the iTunes slash Apple podcast for the PGP. Also, you can get it online, cbssportsradio.com, or you can check it out at radio.com as well. You can find our podcast. So all those cool places to listen to the show about the show. Now, what else could we talk about besides the 12 DAs of Christmas. And today, we unveiled on Monday number six. And this was a bit of a controversial decision by us. The reason was, bear do bears have tails? Came in at number six. However, the crew, the Jedi Council, myself, Mraz, Andrew Kaplan, Andrew Bogish, and Pete the Body Bilotti voted it at like number nine or number ten on most of our ballots. Incredibly, the listeners had it at number one or number two. Number two on the Twitter poll, number one on the Facebook poll, which jumped it up. So how do you think, Mraz, the listeners and us skewed so dramatically? Eventually, we settled on number six, but there were some very tense moments of deciding where it goes, considering the listeners thought of it so much higher than we did. The actual tension between you and I has significantly reduced from the years 2013 to 2019 mm. and I would say in 2019 other than stupid stuff you had not really gotten angry at me and we again we've attributed this a lot to since you've gotten married and mm. since you've met your lovely now bride mm-hmm. you've been a lot calm cool and collected Something about me fighting you on bears have tails and where it should rank really got the blood boiling in the control room last week. So much that listeners are not aware. I think the disparity is disparity. Disparity? Disparity. Disparity. I had it right the first time. Occurs because I am a believer in I think a lot of people on the DA show have recency bias. And this was one of the most recent. The hosts or the staff or the listeners? listeners. The listeners. Now, no offense, listeners. I will be honest, D.A. Bogus and Bilotti far more wanted to count your vote equally than I did because I don't think without proper putting them out in a vote attaching to YouTubes where you guys could listen, I think off the tip top of your head you're going to go recency. And I believe because it happened in October that that was viewed as as far greater than some of the stuff you're going to find in the top five that I believe happened December, one of them, and one of them happened in like March where I think you're going to forget giving them their due. So I think there was recency bias attached to the listeners. I do. So this was amazing because the vote, we had our votes done, and I think it came in at number 10. It was number 10. It was number 10. As just the five of us was number 10. 
And then I said, well, we have to weigh the listeners' votes. And you wanted to discount them. I did. You said they don't know what they're talking about. True South Rural listeners listening there. I said, quote, the DA show listeners don't know what they're talking about. Their votes should not count on this. Now, it wasn't. (laughs) I know that sounds messed up. I know that because we love our listeners. And we had them vote. (laughs) And we had them vote. My problem was, I will peel back the curtain here. We we really I think fumbled the release of the twelve DAs. We, we I put this out there. I did. I wanted to know. I did my job. We took too long to vote. I had this ready, and everybody took too long to vote. Okay, too many days. Then we forgot to put the poll out there for the listeners until we had already casted our votes. So uh-huh. I had already done the math on all of our votes, and now okay, now we want the listeners involved. Then we put polls out, and there's no real true way to do it on Twitter when you can only put up four at a time, and they're ranking. You basically put them in, like, the NFC East, the NFC South. You're separating them into divisions. Okay, but the Facebook poll was legit. The Facebook poll was legit. That had all 15 potential candidates. They do not have audio files like I told all of you. Hey, go back and listen to the audio files. I think going forward... They were voting on memory. They were voting on memory. If And by the way, they could do a Google search. I'm not sure. I'm not sure every one of them was on YouTube originally. But if we attach YouTube clips of, hey, remember when this happened, this happened, this happened, listen to these and vote, I am going to trust that vote more. And I also will be less aggravated with the vote if we have their tally before. The five of us have already conducted that, and I've done math in putting together a list. Okay. Well, you wanted to discount the listeners. I, said, I did. I said, no, we can't. We can't have asked them to vote and then not to just threw it out because we thought we were smarter. So ultimately, it was amazing. We had it at 10. They had it at 1 or 2. And that's what really opened up your eyes. If it was close enough, you would have looked the other way in a listener vote. Let's be honest. I, if it was close enough, I would have said Ty goes to the runner. Right. And we're the runner. Right. But with that discrepancy, we couldn't. So there was some fighting. Behind the scenes, I was... Piece ups- of body body to hold me back. I was upset that you just didn't care about the listener vote. I said, we can't do this and not... Ca- we can't ask them to do this and then say, who cares? DA, I believe, said to me at one point, so now you don't care about the listeners. <laughs> so now you just don't care. I had spit flying out of my mouth. I was upset. So much so, we had to go in, do another segment 15 minutes later. I did apologize. I said, maybe I need to relax a little bit. I got a lot going on at home. So we decided at 6, and I think that was appropriate. Yes, I think Bilotti nailed his analysts. I'm screwing up words here. Analysis? Analysis. Boy, can you tell I haven't had good sleep in like weeks. He, he, and in that, I think it fell just right. And as you pointed out, and I thought this was one of the smartest things you've said on the show in recent weeks. Okay. In that everyone we play, the immediate reaction when you hear how hysterical or how classic it is, is going to say, wow, that was underrated. Wow, that was underrated. And eventually you get to the point where if you say that about all 12, well, then they're all probably properly rated because you realize they're getting better and better and better and momentum is continuing to build. So knowing where that fell, I still don't think it was as good as the door slam or Jacob Wilkins being dead on the air, but I could live with it at six, and I think you guys will all be very pleased with the top five. So here the, here's six through 12. 12 was bogus at the plate. 11 was Mraz hates Brady's family. 10 was DA money. Number nine was Hurricane Jen from the barnyard. <laughs> Number eight was finger smashing the door. Number seven is Jacob Wilkins going to survive. Number six, Bears have tails. See, I don't think I don't think Bears have tails is better than Hurricane Jen there. Well, that's why you would have slid it at number ten. That would have been well, that would have been number nine. If you would have put Hurricane Jen at eight, finger smash at seven, Jacob Wilkins at six. And it's so weird to me because you said that you believe maybe Hurricane Jen gets overlooked because she's there every year and gets sick of it. <laughs> right. But yet we want to fill it up with five moments where I got something wrong and maybe sounded <laughs> stupid. So 
it seems like such a glasshouse hypocritical theory that people are watered down on Hurricane Jen, but they want to put four moments where I blatantly mis- misspoke. So I think here's the thing about Dubairs Have Tales. I kind of agree. The actual Dubairs Have Tales debate's not great. It's when me and Bogus are going back over, you know, Rich's West Babylon Safari Park. Right. When it, it really goes over the top. But I think here's why it stuck with the listeners. Maybe recency bias. But it also has the most identifiable bullet point moment. Do bears have tails? <laughs> it's kind of like, where does the salt go? Where did the salt go ranked unbelievably high right. on the listeners list? I, I still have people come up to me in the street and ask me where the salt goes. Where do the salt I'll be go? at a bar and somebody will come up from behind me at home goes, hey, I just got to ask you, where does the salt go? Like, that is the one thing this year that stuck out, at least locally, I would say, on Long Island with anybody who's seen the videos pop up, is that. So I think here's something that I'm learning. Branding of the moments is a big deal. Because mm-hmm. let's take Hurricane Jen from the barnyard. There isn't a moment that you would think, oh, right, it's Hurricane Jen at a barnyard. You're just thinking, like, Hurricane Jen always calls in and she always sounds kind of crazy. Had we branded it Good Burgers, it might have felt different. Like, oh, iconic moment, Good Burgers. Okay? Do bears have tails? If we if we labeled it as Mraz and DA fight over Safari Park, it might not land. But do okay. bears have tails? I think that's actually a very salient point. <laughs> I do. I um, Basically, what you're saying is we have to dumb this down for people and pick... Almost like when we put an interview out that we do and the podcast team puts it up and it's like the the best quote from it. And a maybe bit. maybe that's the way we have to label it. Let um, me let me give you a sports an- analogy because okay. you're good in this realm. <laughs> oh, thanks. The greatest playoff game ever, is it the Tuck Rule game or the Music City Miracle? Probably not. But because they're labeled that, you know exactly what you're thinking of. It's actually funny you say that because you just said both of those, and I immediately pictured what part of what couch I was sitting at for each of those games. But if I told you Niners, was it Niners-Packers? There was, no, or Saints-Niners, wasn't there? There's a Drew Brees. Alex Smith Alex game, Smith 2011 game. divisional round. Right. It's like 38-35. It's one of the craziest yeah. playoff games ever. Yep. Saturday, 4-30 Eastern. There you go. It's a better game than those two. Of course it is. There's no doubt. That's one of the most underappreciated playoff games in NFL history. So I think that's where we're falling. That you huh. got to package them better so that people immediately remember, oh, that's what moment they're talking about. So there's a million notes then that we need to take on the 12 DAs. Uh-huh. And it, it includes everybody listening to the audio, includes putting the audio out, and the packaging system. And also, to be fair, the reason that the you know Bill's Safari Park and Mesopotamia Park wasn't included is because I over the last two years, felt I got better at saving the 12 DAs in that... You have. Much better. I really do. I think I have them boiled down. There's a lot less editing I have to do necessarily, even though there is still some editing. It's far more comprehensive. Yes. And I I am so gra- uh, quick to, if I know I'm in and I even... Sm- if it smells close to a 12 DA moment, I'm going to pull it. I'm going to save it right away. I am fairly certain that I saved Do Bears Have Tails before the following hour when it turned into mm. Bill's Safari Park. Mm. So I had totally forgotten about that, to be completely honest with you. And then when the list came out and we go through the list, and I put what's in the files, I go, okay, this is out there, and the bears have tails. You guys all bring up that was the funniest part of it, and it's probably true, but it didn't ring with me because I didn't listen back to hear it, but it's because it was already in our system before that part of the show even happened. Mm. 
So, okay. Victim so, of my own, uh, not success, but <laughs> ambitions. Vict- victor of my own, victim of my own ambitions. Had Do Bears Have Tails been saved with the Bill Safari Park addendum, it might have been different in your mind. Right. It might have been because I, unlike the other apparent five voters, including listeners, went back and listened to clips <laughs> when I was going to cast my vote. Okay. You're going to talk to Bogish on side B uh-huh. about Peter Schwartz. The and fall about- heard around the world. <laughs> and let's just say this. In 2020, I could see Vince, who is the overnight host, Friday nights, basically the Friday night version of the pork store. Correct. The mechanic shop right next to the pork store. <laughs> becoming a bigger part of the DA show. And I don't want to overreact, but I think... The way he delivered the Peter Schwartz needed to go to the vet or went to the vet to fix his broken hand or his gashed hand. I think it suggests that he's on our wavelength and his our sense of humor. Look, you're always looking for salary cap reasons to add and, and change the roster. Vince Quinn has certainly worked his way to the scouts' radar. <laughs> and uh, as far as the moment in which he delivers the Peter Schwartz news and tells us what happened, I will say this. If that moment, even though it happens before the turn of the calendar, but because we're already in the 12 DAs, and I'm not going to call it Torque Bellinger here and tell you it's definitely number one. If this moment does not end up in the top five, it tells me we've had one of the craziest years in CBS Sports Radio and DA show history. That's how good Vince Quinn giving us the kind of painting the picture of what he stumbled upon and what led to Peter Schwartz going to a vet to (laughs) hope for bandages really left its mark. And Andrew Bogish, as we noted last week, did not go to the Christmas party, as did I, nor did I, nor did Bilotti, because he was leaving the very next morning, Tuesday morning, for Orlando and went to Disney. Yeah. He has been gone for a week. He has returned on a Monday. He was unaware of anything that happened with oh, Peter Schwartz. Yeah, he didn't listen to the PGP. Did not listen to PGP. And what basically disconnected from CBS Sports Radio News. So I delivered to him pre, uh, as we discussed this podcast, what happened to Peter Schwartz, and I break the news about what Vince Quinn said the way Schwartz handled it. I wanted to do that because I wanted to get Andrew Bogus's mm-hmm. instant reaction, mm-hmm. as we would have had on the show last mm-hmm. week, as to, wait, what did Peter do? It's one of the most amazing stories. We talked about it in the PGP last week. He went to the holiday party. He was trying to go there. He fell. He gashed open his hand. He tweeted about gashing open his hand. Had to get all the attention from all the stations that he works for. Hey, sorry I couldn't go there. At 1010 Wins, at WFAN, at CBS Sports Radio, blah, blah, blah. Just basically looking for compassion from people in the sympathy card. What we did not know was that his first move was to go to the vet in the middle of Manhattan. Yes. And so Vince Quinn, who is doing overnights nowadays uh, on the weekends, stumbled upon him and then was his, like, tag team partner in this crazy adventure. So Vince, the way he delivered it last week was just brilliant. And I think he's got some future. Let me tell you, when 2020 comes also, turn of the year, I'm always looking at who can we fit into different parts of the show. I think that there's got to be, I think Vince is on our radar. I mentioned this to you in the newsroom. I think Sammy Rubes, Sam Rubinoff, has is going to get some looks. He usually runs Watch DA when Cap is out, but he's a young kid, one of the Diaper D aliens, also does some producing for us. So kind of like uh, Tom Brady now having Keneal Harry, where at one point he had Daniel, uh, Deion Branch. You know? Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, yes. whatever. Yes. You, the point still stands. Yes. 
And I think Connor Green, also a diaper D alien, has shown on a on a trash Tuesday. I can't get enough. The if kid's I, good. If I got a CBS Sports Radio fantasy draft, Connor's going on my first. The kid's round. good. So I think we'll see more of them. Who I'm who I'm selling stock on? Shep in 2020. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm selling. Well, he had climbed up the radar the last couple months. People thought maybe 2020 was going to be his year on the DA show. Yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah, I don't see it. He had worked his way up into more prominent roles, more prominent fill-in roles. He had you. become one of my primarily fill-ins. I'll tell you why. He's exhausting. Oh. He's exhausting. And he has really great, weird life moments that you can't help but poke fun at. Oh. But dealing with him is exhausting. I see what happens when Pete the Body Bilotti tries to train him to do stuff. He's got no more. He he beats him down to a pulp. Yesterday, after Sunday morning football, oh, no. he wants to engage in a war in the newsroom over my Tom Brady criticism. Shep, oh. I just did two hours on this. I'm not fighting you, too. He goes, it took every bone in my body not to fight back. I go, Shep, I'm the host. Oh, no. You're the board op. And he's admitted to not watching the NFL in the past. And he's spitting out all these things that I'm just like, you don't know what you're talking about, so just pipe down. And he can't. He's too emotional. You know? And that's the thing. I really think Shep's a great guy. I really do. I, I think agree. he's a, I agree. I think he's a great human being. Not a good, great. But in terms of sports or the workplace, he's too intense. He's operating at a, at a level that I can't get to without feeling exhausted at the end. He's the kid blaming the coaches. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. Of course I do. If he could I have op- a Pomsky. They basically they both look the same way. <laughs> they don't give you a chance to rest. They're breathing in your face. You're looking. You just want to shut it down. It's like, all right, calm down. Here's your toy. Go play with your toy. If Shep could dial his passion down, okay, his intensity, his passion, down to a seven, he would be the most intense guy here, but he'd be livable. He's at a 10 constantly. and Yeah, and about stuff that how could you care so much? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. How could you have any bone to care that much about certain stuff you care about? And I love that passion from him on certain standpoints. That's why I talk about his work ethic compared right. to you or others. Right? It's, it's great sometimes because you're like, oh, he really dug in. But then you can't have that in everything every day. It's too much. It you know is what? too much. You know what it's like? I was going to say, he's probably a lot like J.R. Smith. <laughs> no, J.R. Smith. He's, he's throwing the soup. He's, he's emotionally checked out. I was saying, who was the running back that cried at the National Anthem? Uh, no Sean Marino. <laughs> okay. Remember, you're like, okay, we all like the National Anthem, but you're actively crying right, right now. And oh, we don't know be- why. Before a Monday night game, not even a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, right. We're like, okay, it's cool to be into it. But that's a little too much. Right. There's huge eyeballs of t- tears. That's like Shep every day. Well, ironically, let me just tell you. He's, he's crying to the National Anthem every single day. He actually has done this, and he cried one Saturday morning about four years ago in the CBS Sports Radio newsroom when I believe it was Roger Federer won Wimbledon. It was a it was a morning over the weekend, and that story went everywhere that, that Shep was openly bawling tears, <laughs> happiness for Roger Federer. I believe it was Federer. And everybody looked around and goes, Shep, it's A, it's America. B, it's tennis. What do you care about Roger Federer winning another Wimbledon? And you're at work. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
So it tells she, everybody else they don't get it. Yes, exactly right. You don't get it. Let's talk about Shep's shirt this weekend. Oh, boy. He he runs the board on Sunday mornings. And Saturday mornings. Robin Lundberg Saturdays, John Kincaid Sundays. The, he, those are the hosts. Shep does their board op. Then Shep does my show, Sunday Morning Football on Sundays as well. He admits to Kincaid over the air that he's wearing a woman's shirt. So, yes, I was driving home after closing up the pork store. I locked it up. I got in the car. And I listened to Kincaid because at that point, if I listen to music, I'm going to doze off. I want to just keep hearing conversation. Apparently, the way I gather is the day before, Shep with Robin Lundberg wore a shirt that was a woman's shirt that he thought he purchased a men's shirt at Forever 21, which I didn't even know they sold men's stuff. And it ends up being a woman's medium. And they wouldn't take it back. Or something. Forever 21. Right. Not Century 21. Exactly. Forever 21. So, again, so just put yourself in his perspective. Apparently, he tried bringing it back when he realized it was a woman's shirt. But he either already took the tags off whatever. They wouldn't take it back. So rather than just do what any normal person would do, it would be like, I'll donate this to charity. I'll put it in, you know, whatever, a Salvation Army box or something like that. He decides he's going to keep wearing it because he spent money on it or whatever. And John Kincaid started the show and said... Uh, you know, basically something to the effect of, um, I have one rule for the show. We have to wear male clothing. Anthony Pierno, what happened with Shep? Tells the story, and Shep jumps in and basically tries to defend himself and says, like, you know, you're not going to get rid It's a waste to get rid of clothes. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it proudly. And Shep is now wearing a woman's medium shirt. That oh, wait, This won't be a one-off. This is in his real wardrobe now because he doesn't want to give it back. He feels like it's a waste. So, I'm so glad you brought up this story. I really like Shep as a human being. When I get Shep away from work, great guy. I've gone to a Mets game with him twice. I don't know what the heck you were thinking. But... Great guy. Great guy. Really like a heart of gold. I mean, truly would give you the woman's shirt off of his back. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Everything is a passion. A right. dripping out of his pores. And we have that drop where he goes, I feel so bad. And he really does feel so bad. He, it's either he's so excited or he's so emotional or he's so bad or he's so guilty or he's so... It's just impossible to be around somebody at work like that. You got to be able... So that's why I I don't know if he fits on the roster. Look, there's always tough salary cap casualties, cuts, and guys that, quite frankly, you trade to another organization... Uh, look at Sonny Gray. All right, Sonny Gray was a great pitcher for the A's. Comes over to the Yankees, doesn't work in New York. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Shep may not work on the DA show. He didn't work in the Memphis school district. No, well, fair. But now Sonny Gray went to Cincinnati for a year. Uh-huh. Sonny Gray is a Cy Young candidate in the National League. Shep might end up on another show, and maybe he ends up being a, a real rise to prominence on that show. Maybe we're just the Yankees, and it just doesn't work in New York. Maybe. I just couldn't imagine... This shocks me, by the way, because I know how intense he is, I, but I, we, we reward hardworking people on the DA show, even if that's ironically not what we do. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. But I, I found myself twice in the last three or four weeks screaming at Shep in the newsroom because he's just always looking for an argument, looking for a sports debate, looking because he's so wound tight and passionate. And I can't be engaging with somebody regularly that I'm screaming at because he wants that. I just think that we need to remember one thing. And maybe this is where we're going to close off the PGP. 
I just hope when you discuss the rise of others, like mm-hmm. Sam Rubinoff mm-hmm. and Vince Quinn, mm-hmm. it better be because of their abilities and their rise and not because you're so panicked about Shep and so panicked about the no, roster no, 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 that no. you make the right no, calls no, no, no. in rising people. No, no. Look. And I like those guys you mentioned. I'm going to say. But you've been so negative on Shep. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. You would sign off on both those calls by me. Yes, I would. So I would. You would be the security blanket here. I would, but I'm signing off with them without the negative 20-minute rant on Shep. I agree. So I just want to make sure your I, head's in the right place. No, I like those guys without my Shep take. Okay. Okay? I like what those... And I'm telling you why. Right. Sammy Rubinoff, okay? In, Sammy now. In the newsroom. Smile on his face. Positive attitude. Hello to everybody Hello. he knows. Jokes around with everybody. But you know, works at it. When we put him at Watch DA... Wants to do better. What can we? What can I do, DA? Tell me about this graphic. What? Which he comes in every commercial break. What can I do? What's next? What's coming up here next? Not aggressive sports takes when trying to talk to you. Right. Like he came right in today. He's a guy originally from Miami. Wanted to talk a little trash about how I, we might have ruined our draft stock, the Giants, by beating the Dolphins. But after that, it was a question about work. Exactly. And that's the kind of thing you're looking for. That's exactly. Good, funny, insightful stuff. Not pounding me with a hot take. Now I'm going to bring you in something work wise. Okay, I'm going to go handle this. That's exactly right. He cares about it. Perfect he, personality. He, he wants to. He wants to get better. He wants to have a career. I can always work with those guys. Vince, you know, he came up to me at the Christmas party and he just introduced himself. We had never met. I honestly had not known that he was hired. Not usually listening to CBS Sports Radio at four a.m. on Saturday morning. Appreciate it. So <laughs> <laughs> I used to host that right. hour. <laughs> so. And we just had a normal conversation about his work in Philadelphia, work at WIP, producer behind the scenes, was a writer, et cetera. So, like, just normal guy. And then he came on the air, really funny, really good, really smart. You know, chill. He was chill. And then you get to Shep, and he is so over the top. Yeah. You need 14 drinks after you get done talking to him. Absolutely. I, I don't. I don't disagree. It's just it's sad, you know, because I just I'm watching the roster get picked apart from what it once was. <laughs> well, we're gonna, you know, we'll have other guys. And, I know, I know. Look, it leads us to huge freeze, and we're not going to address it on this one because it it needs its own expanded. But that was part of 2019. We can't tell the story of 2019 without the official lifetime banishment forever now of huge for what he did on social media. So, I think the last PGP of the year has to go back into what happened and how we dealt with it and, you know, how it what the fallout was. Right. Because there's fallout. There is fallout. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad because I'm, I'm not ready to give all my thoughts on that because I want to carefully construct what I'm going to say yes. before yes. two sides of people hate me. Yes, yes, yes. So it, it's coming because it was a big – I mean, look, Huge Freeze was a huge part of 2018, an enormous part, a huge part of the early part of 2019 by – October, he had been officially banished, and it's not even a gag or a joke or a bit anymore. Like, he's just never coming back right. on the show. So we do have to address that, and we'll do so, I think, for the final PGP of the year. I think maybe once the 12 DAs wrap up. Fair. To, as we look back, and if some of you may be wondering why some of the huge freeze moments weren't on the 12 DAs and all of that. Right. Okay. That's where okay. we'll go. All right. So that's side A, a uh, an elongated side A, side B with Bogish, coming up right now. Welcome into Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, host of Side B and the executive producer on the DA Show. 
Recording this on a Monday morning as opposed to the usual Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, frankly, I'm on baby watch, so I want to make sure we get this in the can, as they say, before we uh, maybe embark on fatherhood. And Andrew Bogus joins us now. Andrew, hello. Uh, hello, Sean. Have you done other um, preparations for baby time? Have you recorded any, like, evergreen Pat Shermer rants or food <laughs> takedowns or questionable geography thoughts just to kind of insert into shows you are going to miss while you're delivering your child? Well, that's a good good question, and the answers are yes and no. Okay. Uh, knowing that, no. The show rolls on without me, but yes in that I am on the schedule, and this is a little uh, surprise and a little present for DA Show listeners. One year after doing this on Christmas Day, I will do it again on Christmas Day. I am hosting the DA Show from 9 a.m. till noon Eastern, Christmas morning. So when you put the old Yule log on the TV, maybe uh, unwrapping presents, maybe say, hey, Alexa, play CBS Sports Radio, and you'll get me over your cinnamon buns and Christmas breakfast. But if the baby is to come on Christmas Day, which was the original due date, Christmas Eve, or maybe it's two days before and I'm bringing the baby home, uh, I have an agreement in place with bosses that we would play a best of the DA show featuring a lot of our 12 DAs and interviews and such. Right. So I have actually evergreened a lot of that stuff, and I've put together a show in case I can't make it in Christmas Day. Well, let me let me just say that I hope that you can't work on Christmas morning. And had you come to me, if I was your agent, I would have advised oh, now, you. Oh, now we're doing the opposite a year later where you're my agent. Yeah, I would, I would have advised you to just stay clear of Christmas Day altogether. Because no matter what, it's Christmas morning, Either it's and your odds are, unless now your wife is late, you're going to be a dad for the first time, and you should be home eating cinnamon rolls, listening to somebody else or a best of DA show, not being here, leaving your brand new family on Christmas well, morning. Well, hold on. First of all, it's three hours. Second of all... Well, they got to travel. They got to get here. I understand that. But that being said, starting next year, if I now will have a child, I'm not missing my kid open presents and stuff like that. So right. this will be the last time I do a Christmas morning, but... Uh, frankly, it's extra money. Uh, it's I didn't think it was that big a deal because I could be home by 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day. And if, really, if me and my wife wanted to open presents in the morning, we could open them up 6 a.m. and then I get on the road. So. Yeah. You also have no t- – if the baby's here by then, you'll have no concept of time. So you could be awake at right. 4 a.m. opening presents, right. napping at noon. Yeah. So I, I really don't mind doing that. I don't. But, you know, that is the, the present what's going on. But that's what I've evergreened, and that's what I got cooking. Now, real quickly, you were away last week. Correct. Disney World. Disney World. Uh, first of all, how'd it go? Uh, it was well? very good. And weather didn't cooperate necessarily, but it was a very good time. But it was warm? It was only like really warm, sun warm on Tuesday when we got there. Uh, it was humid, sticky, but overcast on Wednesday. Thursday, it rained a lot, which ruined some things. Friday morning, it rained a bunch, which ah. kind of had to pause on standing in Hollywood studios. So I guess the good news is it was not... And obviously it wouldn't have been December, but it was not, you know, it wasn't lathering on sunscreen. It wasn't sweating through shirts. It wasn't that bad. But like the main, the main attraction of the week was Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night at Magic Kingdom, this special like Christmas party, special ticket. Oh, nice. Fewer people in the park. They were giving out free stuff. Rides were open. Lighting was different. And they smartly do everything twice. There's two parades. There's two fireworks. There's two this. So the first rotation of things all got rained out. Okay. The second things happened. But they happened like after 10 10 p.m. 
And a lot of people with little kids bail because it's too late. It's too late. And you've been sitting in the rain since 4 p.m. Right. So you're soaked and annoyed and the kids are freaking out. So I, like at least my daughter, my wife, and my mother-in-law stayed out there. But like my son and I, he fell asleep. I took him back to the hotel. So he missed it. And thousands of kids probably missed it too because it rained an abnormal amount on that on that one night. Well, so it wasn't great. You know what they say, Bogus, you can't control the weather. No, you cannot. Well, Not it, even Disney. That's going to directly ties into what I really wanted to ask you about here on Side B, the PGP. Uh-huh. You were here for Monday, last Monday before leaving. Which seems really far ago. I know. That night was the company Christmas party, I which know. you did not go to, which I did not go to, which yeah. DA had the nerve to criticize me, you, and Bilotti for all not going whatever. to. I mean, whatever. Yeah. That night in a rain, a monsoon, here in New York That's City. That's right. Yes. Peter Schwartz took a tumble. Yeah. And yeah. this became a theme last week on the show. Thankfully, Pete's okay, and I have since now discussed with Pete 50 stitches. Mm. He uh, claimed to have gone through a spiked fence of some sort on the New York City streets. I think it's one of those lower ones around a tree, like... If you could picture. Uh, like on the sidewalk? Yes. Not like a fenced in like construction area? I don't think so. That's just kind of what I've pictured. So he got impaled fall. on a fence? Got impaled. Okay. But in the, now we had some fun at that expense. Like did Pete really get 50 stitches? There was a witness to this Vince Quinn CBS Sports Radio. And I think a new DA show star was born because we had okay. him on. And we walk away bogus. You not here. You have not heard this with possibly the number one 12 DA of Christmas next year. As Vince Quinn tells the story of finding Peter Schwartz rolling around in the street. And told us that Peter Schwartz entered a veterinary clinic <laughs> in hopes of getting bandaged up because he was in a panic and losing <laughs> feeling in his finger. Um, I, Your it, thoughts? I have so many. I mean, it, why, why is that his first thought? He's in New York, right? I mean, he's not like a gangster who got shot <laughs> in some kind of bank heist and they need to patch him up. And they go, let's take him to the vet. Like, you can just go... In New York City, every three steps is either a hospital or one of those, like, 24-7, like, weird doctor's offices. You don't need a vet to patch you up when you need stitches. Just go to a real doctor, a human doctor. It is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So we, he got called out on this on Twitter. He finally responded and said, it was the closest place I could find. I figured, A, they might have bandages to bandage me up, and, B, they could point me in the direction of a hospital or a urgent care. That was his thought. Now, Pete, they're basically sewing up, you know, dogs and stuff right. like that. Like, what do you mean bandage? I'm going to give you a Band-Aid? Can't you just walk into a CVS on Get every corner? Get in a cab and go take me to a hospital. <laughs> right, that's another point. It's New York City. Cabs everywhere. Take me to the nearest hospital. There's also, there's police everywhere. There's He's, he's somewhere between, like, Penn Station and... And downtown, he's not in some kind of like deserted island. Right, he's got many options and Anybody many people like, help him. Is. And I, now I know his hand is caught and he's bleeding, so maybe he didn't it's like pouring rain. He couldn't take his phone out. I don't know what's going on, but still, the the the, the idea that he could, should go to a vet to begin the healing process is insanity. He would have had better luck going to a Seven Eleven and just getting bandages right. and stuff off the counter, right? Than going to a vet or asking the pretzel guy for some napkins. I mean, Bogus, we had fun at this last week. Could you imagine bringing a, your own pet to the vet and you're sitting in the waiting room and you know, in comes huge right. Peter Schwartz, maybe, soaking maybe, wet, bleeding? You know, and I've been there. Maybe petting your pet for the last time. You know, it's, you're going to about to put this dog to sleep or yeah. something. It is kidney failure. You know, whatever. Right, it's a long day. It's a sad, sad day. Sad day. Rain falling and Somber. in stumbles Pete. Hold everybody. My hand is gushing blood. What do you do with that? I mean, it's just, it's amazing how people don't disappoint, right? I mean, it's one, th first of all, <laughs> and, it, and it's like on a third level, right? First of all, and I, as always, we hesitate to have fun at Pete's expense, but here's Pete again 
opening up the door. Only Pete falls on his way to the company holiday party. And not just falls, but cuts his hand open. And alerts the world and about And alerts it. the world. That's right. He, I guess he tweeted after the vet, Tweeted huh? after the, yeah. So not only, not only does he fall and get hurt, but get, like, relatively severely hurt, then he throws the icing on the cake of... Let me go to a vet. And once again... Well, he buried that secret. It was Vince Quinn that exposed that But once that again, one. the universe... But he still did it. And the universe gave us Vince Quinn so we would know about it, much like the universe gave us your aunt... Right. ...who had the Schwartz kids knock on her door and get critiqued for their decorations. He's a walking Seinfeld episode. It's it, unbelievable. It's remarkable. Now, and, I'm, ha- I'm happy he's okay. I really am happy he's okay, but you can't make it up. You no, went and, to a vet. And, like, the, the, the shame of it for Peter is, you know, like... As a, you know, former full-time employee, a part-time guy now, working crappy hours overnight in the mornings, you know, like, one of the things, one of the few kind of perks you can get every year is this free meal and drinks and a chance to see people, because normally he's here with, like, right. only two other people. He's got a chance in a fancy hotel, a free night out, away from the kids, a chance to mingle, see people he doesn't see, and he falls and almost cuts his hand off. <laughs> So, I mean, I almost, there's a, there's some sympathy in here for Pete as well. 855-2124-CBS. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, Bogus, good to have you back. Oh, thank you, Sean. You could follow Andrew Are we Bogus. done already? Yeah, we're done, man. That felt brief. Yeah. No, no, no. We got a, we got our solid minutes in we here. We didn't make fun of Pete at all. We lost Peter Schwartz. Nah, it's Just a holi- Schwartz, it's not Bilotti. season. We'll leave Bilotti alone. All right, we'll get him back again in 2020. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's you can, fair. You can follow Bogus on Twitter. At Andrew Bogus. And you can follow me on Twitter, at CBS. Have a holly jolly week, everyone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.